It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I am your host, Joey DeMeglio. Before I get started, I just want to say I hope you all had a Merry Christmas and wish you a Happy New Year. The Rangers are back in action this week with games against the Capitals, Panthers, and Lightning. Joining me today is Matthew Mugno, who covers covers the Rangers for the Hockey News. Thanks for joining me, Matt. How are you? It's awesome to be on. Uh, Ice Cold Takes OEC are popping up in my feed with the live show. So really excited to be on today, Joey. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, the live shows, I, I love them. StreamYard is great with, with that stuff. I don't I don't advertise for StreamYard. Maybe maybe I have to work out a deal with them at some point <laughs> in the future. Um, but I love I love how you could send it to different platforms so like on twitter or x whatever you want to call it uh it's great there and now i think people can interact on there on twitter so you could like type in a comment like hey joey or something like that and it'll show up on twitter That's it never awesome. used to do that which is really cool um but you've been covering the rangers for how long now this is month three. Oh, month three now so okay. month three four um because the, really the practices and preseason didn't start till mid to late September. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're really new to, you're really new to the beat then. So Fresh. you're like Johnny, Johnny Laz. Yeah. Laz actually like essentially I'd met him at a game. It was the first game I'd been to since like the lockdown. Um, I met him by chance through someone I knew and just kept in touch. I covered a, uh, NCAA hockey, Quinnipiac for Q30 TV, their station, and QBSN, their radio. Um, obviously, Quinnipiac goes to the national championship, had the opportunity to follow them to Lake Placid, to Tampa, um, called that game, had that experience. Uh, I think it changes everything when you're able to see a winning team, um, which obviously we can get into like New York looked like that in 2022, where all their sports teams were yeah. uh, going full tilt. And last year was kind of a, a little bit of a step back. But with that, you cover a team like that. Johnny brought brought me on board. He needed some uh, extra help. Obviously, New York mar- New York market it's huge, so you need a lot of coverage. You got to be on top of the game. And since then, everything's been great. I think it's been a, a good not only learning experience to get foot in the door, but the hockey news has been great. Mm-hmm. That sounds exactly like something Johnny would do, just from getting to getting to know him, like juggling mm-hmm. a whole bunch of things, like uh, Action HQ, Blue Crew Pod. Uh, the hockey news, and then mm-hmm. Matthew Mugno, throw him in there, and the yeah, out there. <laughs> um, yep. yeah. So you said you covered you covered Quinnipiac games. How long did you cover college hockey for? So actually, um, 
so I was a film and TV guy, film heavy. And then what kind of switched up was I got into that. My, I got into it a little bit, dabbled freshman year of college, but um, with the lockdown sent home in March uh, next year, pretty much, you know, it's like you can call games on your computer. That didn't really entice me, um, which if anyone's listening and you're a young, young guy, um, or, or a kid and want to get into it, like definitely take the opportunity anyway. That was a stupid move yeah. by me. So I got into it my junior year. Um, that year they lost their regional to Michigan, the regional final. So their one went away from the frozen four. And I think the odds of being at a four-year school and seeing the team win, um, it's like the numbers are probably crazy. So as a senior, um, I beat report for the team. It's my first year doing that first year calling play by play games. And um, that opportunity was awesome, but uh, learned a lot. I learned a lot about the college hockey game. I didn't know about just hockey in general, juniors level, the Canadian system, just everything. Um, so it's, it was an awesome experience up there, you know, smaller school wins the championship and uh, also had the chance to see a lot of high end NHL prospects and talent that mm -hmm. are uh, coming into the league now. I got to be honest. So, like, that was the first this past season or what was it? The Frozen Four. That was mm -hmm. the first time I ever watched, like, I sat and watched, like, a college hockey game. Oh, yeah? The ending to one of those games was insane. I think it was Minnesota versus – I can't remember who, who the other team was, but the one team tied it late, and then they won it literally immediately in overtime. Like yeah, that was the national championship. That was the national championship. That was – and you called that, right? That was on your, your page, right? Yeah, that that kind of blew up. It um, Bill Pito put it on the MSG 150. Yeah, that was like, awesome. Just picked it up off that. of Twitter, um, which I didn't expect. You know, it was just <laughs> I covered the team. I was passionate about it, and uh, yeah, Colin Graf tied the game late, uh, and Jacob Quillen scored the yes. overtime goal ten seconds in. Now, interesting. They matched. They matched up Jackson Nelson. And that line, which is now Minnesota's first line up against Quinnipiac's first line, when they had Jimmy Snuggerud, Matthew yeah. Nice, who's up for the Hobie, and yeah. Logan Cooley, who's up for the Hobie on one line, and Brock Faber on the back end. Yeah. So not only that, the New York Rangers recently played the Ducks, who have Jackson Lacombe, who is on that team. There are a number of NHL prospects that played in that tournament. Seamus Casey is playing on the U.S. juniors team this year. He's a Devils prospect. Uh, there, there were just name a player. They were probably in that Frozen Four. It's probably one of the more notable in terms of NHL prospects in a long time. Mm -hmm. Adam Fantilli, Michigan, now oh. Columbus Blue Jackets. So, yeah, just the experience watching those guys play. Um, Alex Lafarrier, a ripoff Lafreniere. <laughs> he was uh, he was he played for Harvard, so he was in the same regional final as Quinnipiac. Mason Lowry was on Ohio State on their back end, who Quinnipiac defeated to get to the Frozen Four. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of names I could throw yeah. out there, but um, yeah, US NCAA hockey is uh, getting up there in terms of how they're producing guys. Yeah, I was just gonna say like NCAA hockey and and USA hockey is is doing a really good thing right now. Like I don't remember, I used to watch the World Junior Championships all the time as a kid. Mm -hmm. I never remember like the USA teams having like really, really good guys. Like it was always Canada that would steal the show. They had the best guys. Mm -hmm. And now like USA has like a lot, a lot of talent. Um, Gabe Pro, for example, Rangers mm -hmm. draft pick. He plays for Boston College. What have you, have you, have you wa been able to like watch him uh, a lot? I, I know you, you cover the Rangers now, 
to the hockey mm-hmm. game. But Gabe Perot, what have you been able to see from him? Yeah, so Gabriel Perot, he's one of those steals of the draft. Uh, I had everything college hockey. Um, they're, they are, I would say, the number one source for college hockey information outside of the NCAA. You know, they have a lot of accessibility with the NCAA and the PR teams and all those sites. Great, informative. But everything college hockey, they came on. Um, they have a podcast, Pucks in Deep. They have access to those players that – a lot of times, even the media uh, sources on campus don't always have that type of access. Um, and I think the number one thing that stands out about, about Gabriel Periol is he is a, such a playmaker. Um, listen, his skating might be a step behind right now, but he thinks the game so many steps ahead. It's something that, um, listen, I won't make the stretch and say Michael Jordan, but it's one of those things where they talk about seeing those X's and O's ahead. Um, he's played with the same line mates in the development program. Now at Boston College, talk about recruiting to bring Boston College back into the fold. They bring a whole line from the development team that's now playing at the World Juniors together. Ryan Leonard, who went ninth overall. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabriel Perot, who slid to the Rangers. I mean, that was a player that um, I think even on draft day, I thought was a steal. But the more and more time's gone on, he's kind of proved it. His production, the, the creativity and the way he assists, he – holds records for the development program right behind players like a Jack Hughes. So I do think that Gabriel Perot is the real deal in terms of playmaking. And I don't think it'll be very long until we see him. Now he's a freshman. He has, you know, certain parts of his game that he has to improve upon, but that's going to come day in and day out. You know, it's going to take time to develop. And I actually had Patrick Williams on my podcast, Puck Talk CS uh, last night. Episodes out today. He talked about the AHL. Brennan Offman's one of those players. You got to learn how to shake those college habits, those junior habits from your game in order to become a professional hockey player. And Gabriel Perot has the razzle and dazzle. So that those things will come with learning systems and learning um, how to how to step up into a more professional role. Mm-hmm. So you would say just give him some more time. Like Offman keeps talking about, I have to shake those junior habits. I have to shake those mm-hmm. junior habits. So, I mean, it's good to see that like, you're bringing that up now. And I had the chance actually to see Perot, not to cut you off, not as an analyst, but I went to the uh, for Quinnipiac's banner raising, went back October 7th just as a fan, which was uh, fun. You know, I didn't have that opportunity for a few years to just kind of enjoy a a hockey game and um, went up. They lost in overtime, but I had the chance to see Gabriel uh, Perot, and that was that was awesome to see uh, him in person um, and really just be able to take in how he plays the game. Now, yeah. another source for this, uh, for any listeners, Johnny works for NESN. Um, Nesson, he works for New England uh, Sports Network. He covers games now um, on their broadcast, and he's had the chance to see him more than once. He's tweeted about him. He actually has a story on the Hockey News about uh, Gabriel Perot and has his connections with coaches, has great quotes from uh, Peter Laviolette in there too, who's mm-hmm. kept up with uh, his development. So, He's a player that all eyes on the organization are on him, and obviously fans should be excited about. Mm-hmm. And his shot is really good, too. I noticed, like, a mm-hmm. couple of his highlights, he's got a really, really nice wrist shot. But, like, what's something – you said that his playmaking. Is that something you've seen with Gabe Pro that we don't see on the highlights? I know he sets up his teammates a lot with great passes, but are there? Other, I'm sure there are other passes that he's made that he'll set up a teammate and the teammate will just miss the net or something like that, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you got to think with a guy like with a high motor like that is always going to be generating on offense. It's funny because uh, not to switch the topic here, but Panarin and Lafreniere are one of the highest connections of duos for high quality scoring chances. Mm -hmm. And I think something that maybe this is my uh, ice cold take here. Lafreniere is playing so well. I think he's a player that you're seeing, like I keep saying, his World Juniors mixtape is just like what we're seeing now. It's finally here where you're seeing the way he played in those World Juniors and the uh, major juniors. He's now playing like that at the NHL level. Mm -hmm. I think that if Alexi Lafreniere starts, I wouldn't say starts, but when he's hitting the back of the net more frequently, and maybe his, you know, Trocek Panarin are finishing off uh, some more opportunities. I think not only would they become one of the best lines in the NHL, but he'll become one of the top under 23 players in the NHL easily. I mm-hmm. think right now nobody's really called him or labeled his game as cold because he's performing so well. Yeah, His points haven't showed up a lot in the last 10 games on the stat sheet, but I think if they do, he'll start reaching the levels that we're seeing of a Tim Stutzla. And I don't think that's a question. You saw he was robbed by uh, Uka Pekalukkanen last yeah. game. Like, if he scores one of that, there's a goal, right? Like, once you chip on those every game, night in and night out, you're going to start to produce. And I, I think he's right there. I think he can become one of the top young players in the NHL this season. Yeah. I mean, in the second half alone, I think if they start finishing more opportunities, that line can become one of the top lines in the NHL. I, going I, back to – Yeah. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say, going back to our guy uh, – Gabe Perot. I think uh, he's he's in the same category. Like you got to think he was a freshman. It's his first year playing college hockey. It, it's a matter of time before he tar- starts taking more of a responsibility and starts, uh, you know, taking those double shifts, mm-hmm. more power play time, logging more minutes, and starts really, really putting up big numbers. And he's already one of the top point producers in the entire nation. So, so he's he's doing. Perot is is uh, progressing really well right now hopefully mm-hmm. you could do well in this uh the world junior championships maybe get a medal for for usa uh but mm-hmm. that was a good transition to to lafreniere i actually thought like a couple years ago when they first tried with Delant, the land the first year when, when they tried uh when they tried uh Kreider's advantage at lafreniere mm-hmm. that was like lafreniere's like called the nhl like that was his first like he belongs here like this is him and then he kind of slowed down and then we reverted back like a year or two later to is this guy a bust or, or not but he's playing really well uh i've noticed he's very good four tracker creates a lot of turnovers neutral zone behind the net wherever on the ice um i agree with you i think that's a good that's a good ice cold take uh, if you're following along at home remember the ice cold take is an accurate statement backed by facts and observations uh, that is similar. That is solid in nature, similar to a block of ice, i.e., spot on claim. That was a good one. That's a chilly one. I really like that one. Uh, <laughs> chilly one. Yeah, it got to stay on brand, you know. <laughs> um, but having having someone like that on that line, Panarin and Lafreniere, I've I've talked about it a couple times on the show. Panarin hasn't had like a a reliable right winger since Jesper Foss, really. Like mm-hmm. all the guys that he's had have not been. Have not like stuck there. They've it's been a revolving door. As is that uh, top top line right wing for Kreider mm-hmm. and Manajad since Buchnevich left. Um, what do you see? So from that line, do 
do you think with the high quality they give up, do you think it's fine that they give up a lot of high danger chances going the other way? Because sometimes they, they, it's like high risk, high reward. Uh, do you think that's that's something the Rangers could could work around? Yeah, and I think it's something that'll shore up. I think they're learning. Um, you know, now we're we're in the first quarter. We're beyond the first quarter. We're really approaching that halfway point. And I think it's something that it takes time to develop those habits. You're still not necessarily learning line mates now. Uh, you're still learning tendencies. And I think they've stretched the ice. They've shown that they're great off the rush. And part of that is learning. You know, Panarin said the other night with, you know, forecheck, backcheck, trocheck. Like, yeah. you're going to learn how to backcheck. Um not necessarily learn this is aspects of the game that are always present but i think it's becoming more responsible in that regard because i think they've harnessed that power that they have going north and sometimes when it's coming south like you're saying it's cutting down on those opportunities and making sure um you're showing things up defensively coming the other way but i think something that's helped lafreniere improve and helped panarin become more comfortable on that line having a uh reliable opposite winger is that Lafreniere is carrying through the neutral zone. That allows Panarin to open up and open himself up to put himself in a position to either create more offense by finding one of his line mates or to take the shot opportunity. And that's why his shot totals are going up this season. It's because Lafreniere has the capability of carrying the puck. Not that Ryan Strom, Andrew Kopp, Colin Blackwell, not that they didn't have that capability, but they didn't have the talent uh, that Alexi Lafreniere yeah. has. And, uh, you know, he's, he's harnessed that potential. We're seeing him take the puck through the neutral zone and carry. That allows Panarin to yeah. open up. And that's been something that both players have stated uh, has improved their game. So that, I think, is was the key to their success on that line. That's a good point. I always used to see, like, Kako, Lafreniere, those younger guys under, like, David Quinn and Glantz, like, they had that skill to carry it over the blue line, but they would just dump it in. And mm-hmm. I think they kind of they kind of gotten rid of that out of their games. Or at least Lafreniere has. We really haven't seen it with Taco since he's been injured. But Lafreniere doing that, I like that. That's uh you no, know, it's a big it's a big help for, for that line. And now in terms of defense that you were talking about, what were the Rangers working on at practice this morning? Were they working on that like the neutral zone trap? Because they gave up a lot of high danger chances to to sit to the Sabres on that last game before the break. You know, I, I think the trap, uh, I'm still kind of figuring where it's deployed um, by just observing the game. Cause obviously, uh, you know, nobody's going to show that, that their hand on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you saw it. Um, they deployed that against Edmonton a few times, just that setup, but it's been less frequent than the beginning of the season. Honestly, with the way the team's rolling right now, the practice is like a morning skate today is line rushes, power play, penalty kill, and just getting back into the groove. Um, in terms of the hardworking practices, that's going to be, I think that'll come more so after after the team travels around New Year's um, because, you know, you're coming off the break, you have a game home, and then they might practice tomorrow morning before they travel. If not, you know, they're traveling on the road and then they got a back-to-back in Florida. So, um, another back-to-back. Yeah. Yeah. The back-to-back sets of, um, I, I think the team's faced adversity with that and they've overcome it with, uh, how they responded to those back-to-back sets for sure. Yeah. It's tough schedule. I forget who it was the other night that had that the Rangers played. Um, it was like the Rangers have like 
seven back-to-backs or something like that, and the other team only had, like, one or two. It was, like, their third or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Rangers are getting them all out of the way now. I, I haven't checked, like, the schedule for the rest of the season, like how many back-to-backs they'll have uh, close out uh, the, the 23-24 season. But, I mean, I would think that most of them are out of the way, so now the schedule might uh, lighten up a bit for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and part of it, too, is that the um... – They've had they're they're tied for the least home games in the first half of the yeah. year. So that's another aspect of it. You, you know, that's gonna help them out because the second half of the season involves a lot of divisional games. A lot. And not only divisional, but even in the conference. And those are teams that if you stay in first, yeah. you'll play a wild card. So and I, I don't think this year is a year to take the wild card lightly. Tampa Bay looks good. Um the Carolina's you know, the Devils not are, even in it. Yeah, like the, these are teams that I think any team can turn it around. We know the power of the Eastern Conference. Um, it's it's definitely the paradigm shift um, from the Western Conference to Eastern Conference from the mid-2010s, I would say, um, mid to late 2010s. And now uh, I, I think it's something that will benefit the Rangers, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to think you're at home. Um, it changes everything when you don't have to be on the road. And I think that's part of why that Canadian trip was so successful. The, the trip out west yeah, because the, the got those games out of the way right like you, you got a few games out of the way that are that are big in the first half of the year get some back-to-backs out of the way and you're eight uh one and oh following a loss i mean i don't think it gets much better than that and obviously yeah. there's going to be road bumps along the way right joey yeah exactly exactly yeah that's uh having that 5-0 road trip in the uh for the western canadian road trip that's something to hang your hat on for sure. And mm-hmm. then going down, like you could rely on that going forward. You just have to win those divisional games. I think, I, I mm-hmm. think those are, those are imperative because you have Carolina that, you know, they're a playoff team, but they're outside of the playoffs. And we're, you said, we're going into the halfway point of the season. This is not like, we're no longer in that stage where it's like, it's too early. It's too early. Like Philadelphia is still playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something you have to keep an eye on. So it's important to win these games. So for the last three games of 2023, Rangers are playing the Capitals tonight on, on Wednesday, and then they have the back-to-back against the Panthers and the Lightning. What will the Rangers – what do you think the Rangers need to do to rattle off three more Ws? This is the last question I have for you. Yeah, actually, I think Washington is going to be the biggest wild card to me tonight. tonight. Um, you know, not that – it's not that the team's coming off the break and that, you know, they're ready. Uh, it's, it's more of with Washington, how hungry are they? They need these wins. They got to stay in pace because I think they're a team that's like their build and how kind of things are shaking out isn't the same as the Flyers, but they're in the same position. They've kind of overachieved, I would yeah. say, um, at least by the outsider's point of view. Like, of course, you're in that locker room, you believe. But from yeah, the outsider's point of view, overachieved a little bit for what's uh, on paper, and they they need to win anything they can. So I think they're going to be hungry. But I do think, you know, against Tampa, that'll be a tough game. They're playing a lot more physical this season. They actually have, I believe, three players in the top 10 in hits in the NHL. And then – um you know, that's been their brand. That's where a player like Barkley Goodrow came from. That, you know, that style of hockey, they brought up players like a Mikey Isomont that has a hard nose um, yeah. and, and a hard checking mentality. And I think the other team that 
you can't sleep on Florida. Um, I think they were a team that coming into this season, everybody, I wouldn't say wrote off, but I don't think they uh, have taken, I guess for lack of better words, taken very seriously. Two years ago, they won the President's Trophy. Last season, they go to the Stanley Cup final with a different roster. Now, Matthew Kachuk came out with a quote last week and said, they're changing the culture down there. And you're seeing that. They're in contention now. They're a team that you can't sleep on. And the Rangers are playing them coming off of a back-to-back. So that'll be, I think that'll be important, um, you know, going into sunrise and and not taking that game lightly either. So yeah. it's going to be, you know, three pretty big games this week. And, um, you know, I think for, for the Rangers, it's more about sticking to their game. You know, if you lose one of those games, you know, you drop a game or two on this. Um, it, it's more about where you're playing your game. Um, how are the chances looking, limiting chances off the rush? That was a problem for a little bit, especially with how well the goal goal tending has been and goalkeeping. Um, I think you want to, you know, ensure that you don't lose the way they have a few times this season against Nashville. Um, when they were in Nashville and won, yeah. like you don't just want to squeak out with the win. I think sometimes uh, taking that, taking the moral victory sometimes will help the team in the longer run than squeaking out a victory that, um, yeah. you yeah. know, just, just doesn't, uh, you know, sit well. So, yeah. And I think the Rangers also have to remember, have that in the back of their minds, like how they played against Washington the last time. It really wasn't, I mean, they didn't give up that many high danger chances. Like it was unnatural stature. It was like five to Washington, mm-hmm. but they were making mistakes all over the ice. They were turning the puck over. They weren't covering their guys. Like the defensive coverage was lacking. They got to remember that effort that they put in and come back with like a much better effort, especially at mm-hmm. home now. Like they were on the road for that game and uh, they essentially, they almost got shut out in that game. So uh, I'm looking for the Rangers to have a little extra pep in their step, especially in front of the MSG, the fans uh, after Christmas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I know like they, they eased into practice this morning. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see about that. But, I mean, that's a good assessment about the Panthers for sure. Because uh, you know how Boston, like what happened in the playoffs, Boston, I don't know, they took their foot off the gas or whatnot, and they gave they gave the Panthers an inch, and the Panthers took a mile. They mm-hmm. eventually made it to the finals. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, that's a perfect assessment, I would say, of a a team like that. Uh, You know, anything can happen in the playoffs, and that's a ways away. Um, But... Yeah, exactly. Like you give a team an inch, especially in the way the league is right now, they're taking a mile. They, uh, you know, every team has a talent. Um, and a lot of teams in the East 
have a hard work ethic. So that's something, you know, the next three games, it's going to be prevalent um, as ever. And the Rangers are, um, they're in the mix though. Obviously they're one of the best teams in the league. I think part of that, uh, part of the conversation though, is that they, um, you know, they seem to have another level to go to. And I think that's where, um, you know, that's exciting. It's exciting to see that. I think, um, you know, a lot of the players specifically, you know, they're without Kako, they're without Hedl. Um, Miller was out for a few games, and I think his game has another level that he can reach. We talked about it today with Laviolette. Um, so I do think a lot of the players individually and as a team collectively, there's another, you know, level. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's leaving fans where I don't think they realize yeah. not only how good this team is, but how good this team can be. Can be. Yeah, the potential. Like we see we see they're playing well right now. They're rattling off wins. They're resilient. You know, Trocek's playing well. Panarin's playing really great. Lafreniere could get some points. Zabanajak mm-hmm. could be better at 5v5. Kreider could be better at 5v5. You know what I mean? Shesterkin could could step it up. Fox could be better. Lindgren could be better. Like these these are things that we could see. Like we saw how the defense played in that first month of the season and how great they were. Like that has been lacking a little bit since then. So the Rangers could keep how they're they're playing offensively and just step it up defensively. Like that's the next step in their game, I think. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. Um, you know, again, like they talk about limited chance off the rush, um, shoring things up in that respect. You know, I, I think from the outsider's perspective too, um, you know, goals and bunches were a problem against Edmonton. Um, I think that's been something that's popped yeah. up. So, uh, yeah, those things, you know, they'll they'll make those adjustments. And, um, you know, they're really keen on their video here. Uh, so I think they're, they're going to, you know, watch those things closely. And it, it's something that they're actively working on. I'm glad you pointed out the goals and bunches thing. The last thing I'll say before we, we wrap it up, like the goals and bunches thing, I noticed it far too often this season. Like the Rangers will give up one goal and then like 30 seconds later or a minute later, they give up another one. And then, mm-hmm. like, sometimes even after that, like, another 45 seconds to a minute, they give up a third goal. Like, I haven't gone back and looked at how many times they've done that, but it seems pretty, pretty frequent that uh, that they've that they've done that this season. I'll have to go back and uh, and check that out. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, anyways, Matthew, thanks so much for, for joining me. Thanks for doing this with me. I know the schedule is, is a bit of rough and, and stuff, like uh, how the beat beats. So I understand how it is. I'm, I'm in school for journalism. Like, I, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. So uh, awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me on. Love to be on. Love to have a nice cold take. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you got to stay on brand. We'll get you on in another episode for sure. Oh, for sure. Second half of the year is going to be intense, man. Yep. All right. Ice Cold Takes fans, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.